And away we go. It is Scoop Podcast episode 287 on this Monday, the 9th of March. The year is 2020. I hit a life's happenings trifecta over the last 24 hours. I got the last of the toilet paper at Costco in St. Louis Park. Then a few hours later, I spotted an albino squirrel on a walk with our puppy Scooby. And in my presence right now, this would be the third of the trifecta. In my presence right now, former McDonald's All-American at Bloomington Jefferson High School, one of the greatest players in Kansas Jayhawks history. His jersey, his likeness is displayed way up atop Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas. Eight-year NBA veteran, one of the all-time great guys. I'm just following the script that he handed me. It is Cole Aldrich. Cole is in studio. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to be here. All right, so let's actually, you know what, let's start with, okay, so I'm at Costco on Sunday. All right, there's a limit on how much water you can buy at Costco right now. I'm not making this up. I'll show you the visual evidence. We got the last of the toilet paper. Now, who knows? Maybe they had an extra shipment in the back. I don't know, but I picked up my older son from a friend's house. They had gone to Costco the day before. They got one of the last, you know, batches of toilet paper. And that was it for the day. Now, Costco told them, hey, we're getting more tomorrow. So maybe Costco has more today. They'll have more tomorrow, Tuesday, whatever. But, like, the hysteria when it comes to the coronavirus, right? This is all related to the coronavirus. I'm telling you, Cole, it is borderline out of control. You know, the amazing thing is, is that the hand soap was probably not empty. You think about that, like the toilet paper and the hand sanitizer yeah, I didn't check. Maybe and, I should have checked. you know, and, and the paper towels and all this stuff, like just wash your damn hands. Like, like, I agree. I, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't want to take it lightly because yes, it's a very serious thing, but the flu, which has been around for a very, 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 very long time has gotten and killed 30 times more people. 35 times more people than even cases of this. And yeah, I mean, of course it needs to be taken seriously, but I, w- I went to Lunds and Barley's this morning to go to the grocery store. <clears throat> uh, Clorox wipes gone. Oh yeah. That doesn't surprise me one bit. You know, for me, I do the, you know, cut some stuff up on the countertop and, you know, take a little Clorox wipe, wipe it down. I was had it on my list just because, you know, only, you know, down to the last one. And I mean, that was the thing <laughs> with us and two toilet paper. Until like, I get we literally, some. it was just our normal once every few <clears throat> weeks run because as a family, we need, obviously, toilet paper. Yeah. It's not like I was trying to stockpile because of this big fear. It was literally our time <laughs> to just restock. We were out of toilet paper, literally out of toilet paper in the Wolfson household. You should so have prepared have better. <laughs> yeah, I should have. We got lucky. There were multiple carts of people with multiple. Now, the limit was, my understanding on just like the water, but the toilet paper was you can get two big batches. You know, there's multiple rolls. Oh, the, and, the 75 you know, big package. pack of. Yeah, the pack that you could have purchased two of those. I didn't have that opportunity. Another family was beelining my two, <laughs> you know, where the last two were. My nine-year-old Drew ran up, got one. The other family got the other. That was that. All right. When it comes to the NBA, and this is fluid, because who knows? By the time we post this podcast, there may be new news. But as of now, the owners on Wednesday will hop on a conference call with Commissioner Adam Silver. Who knows where this is going? I just wonder, though, 
if eventually here they are playing games, but the arenas are empty. I would really, I mean, you have to be proactive. I get it. You know, you have potentially 20,000 plus people in one arena, you know, you can't tell me that over the course of the last two years, I mean, you even look at the Wolves this past year, like when one guy gets sick, it usually runs through the team. And that's just kind of how it is. Same with kids. Like your kid gets sick, your other kid gets sick. Now you and your wife are getting sick and you're just kind of sitting back like, oh, all right, well, when is it going to happen? You know, I just have a hard time thinking that guys are really going to be willing to play if the event that comes, I mean, look at what LeBron said the other day. He was like, no, like, I'm not going to play. You're going to tell me, I'm, you know, you might as well just go to the the practice facility and scrimmage each other because, you know, why are we even here? This is the reason why we're doing this is because of the fans, like the fans support us. And. I, I, you know, you have to be proactive in, in your policies and whatnot through the league. Yeah, I get it because God forbid it, it can really, really, really get bad. Then you're going to, you're going to have to take some action, but I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of an oxymoron to me where I watch the news and everybody's like the coronavirus, the this, the this, who will wash your hands, wash your that. And then, you know, I see Joe Biden and, and you know, the other candidates going at these huge rallies, shaking hands, taking pictures, doing this. And you're telling me that it's not okay for a normal person to like go to work and here we got an arm bump, but it's okay for a potential presidential candidate to go and shake hands and to have these huge rallies and do all that. It kind of is like, you're going to stop a basketball game. I hear you. I mean, to me, it's human nature. Like, that's what Biden has done for many, many years. Like, he needs to reprogram his brain to not engage in a handshake. Or I'll give you a very specific example. So, earlier today, I'm at Hopkins High School. Paige Becker's great player for Hopkins. She'll play for for Gino Ariema at UConn. She's presented with the Gatorade National Girls Player of the Year Award. Carl Anthony Towns. Somebody you know well, your former teammate. Yeah. He won it years ago on the boys' side, so he was there to present her with the award. Mm-hmm. Well, of course there was interaction. I brought my older son because his school doesn't start until 9.30. They did this thing early this morning because he wanted to get Carl Anthony Towns' autograph, which he did. Thanks yeah. to Cat for being gracious in that regard. Mm-hmm. But guess what? My son handed Cat the pen, right? <clears throat> there was some interaction. You know? So, like, where do you cut it off? I don't really know, right? Carl put his arms around different players on the team, different people for pictures. You know, clearly, I mean, he was a rock star there this morning. Of course. Right? Everybody wanted to ascend upon him. So I don't know. Like, what's what's the answer? And I guess when it comes to NBA games, like, think about the support staff needed for a game. What about TV? Are you still televising these games? A thousand or There's so There's many people. people with their fingerprints on a on a telecast, right, on a broadcast. Yeah. So where do you cut it off? You know, I think that as weird as this is, think about how many germs are on a basketball. Think about how many guys, or even a football, look at, you know, any quarterback, they like lick their fingers 
before the play. How many guys, you know, hock a loogie in their hand, wipe their shoes, and then grab the basketball, or, you know, take your hands and rub your chest before a free throw to kind of get it a little wet, and then shoot your free throw? The basketball is just a Petri dish of just germs. You're right. Hey, guess what? The microphone you're talking <clears throat> into right now. I'm sure it's the dude before dish. me but just. Yeah, you've you've been in this studio 10 times. You've talked into that very mic mm-hmm. many times. Guess what? You're okay. But in many ways, right? Think about all the Maybe individuals not that in talk two weeks. right into that <laughs> microphone, right? Inevitably, some saliva pops out. Of course. I'm just saying, I mean, really, when you break it down. Where do you cut it off? I I don't know. I don't have the answers. I really don't. But to me, it's fascinating because I'm just curious. I mean, what will take place with this conference call on Wednesday? What about the upcoming NCAA tournament? Is it possible that they won't let people in, that they'll play those games in empty arenas? I saw that the Division Three. They did. Which, uh, you know, I just, I think it's just too ridiculous. You know, the, it, yeah, it, it's growing and, and it's getting worse. And and I think a lot of it is the fear of the, of the media that has, like, portrayed what seems to be, like, what people should be doing on a day-to-day basis and should continue their life. Wash your hands. Like, do this or do that, you know, like – my wife and I have a philosophy at home because, we, you know, we have a newborn. It's, you know, any family member, if you don't feel right, stay home. Don't just don't come over. You know, if if you are kind of like, <clears throat> you know, I got a little cold. That's fine. You can come over next week. Don't, you know, for my son, he, you know, he doesn't have an immune system yet. And, you know, over time we need to get him into, you know, some germs and whatnot, but it's flu season. You know, God forbid, I don't want him to get really sick. Hard for some people, right? Depending on your employer. Thankfully here at Hubbard Broadcasting, they are rock stars. Mm -hmm. They completely get it. We've gotten multiple emails. They are encouraging you. Like you feel even the slight bit off. Stay home. Stay home. Probably go get checked out. You know, maybe normally you might just stay home, not go to the minute clinic or to your doctor. Maybe in this case, maybe you need to go to the doctor, get checked out. But yeah, I mean, they've they've bent over backwards encouraging <clears throat> people. You're just even a touch off. Do not come to work. But a lot of employers are not like that, right? So for some people, they are sacrificing, you know, on a daily basis. Who knows? Maybe hundreds of dollars, money that they so desperately need. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand that part of it, and, you know, some people will go to work even if they aren't feeling 100%. I mean, I I couldn't tell you the last time that I was, I woke up and been like, oh, wow, hey, I feel, I feel freaking great today. You know, I slept 10 hours, and here I am. I'm ready to kick this week's ass. You know, very rarely do you feel that way. But if you're feeling sick, I mean— so many times now you have the ability to work from home. You have, you know, I mean, hopefully people have, you know, paid leave, you know, especially at this point in time in the year. It's still really early, but there's just, there's, I think there's things you can do in, you know, for the NBA, I just, I have a hard time really believing that they're going to do anything real drastic. I think it's probably just a precautionary, like, hey, 
at what point in time does this get crazy? And we need to we need to have these you know kind of steps in place. I mean, there's so much money at stake, right? Billions or hundreds of millions already, and these owners are living check to check. But money is money, right? So mm-hmm. they'll take every precaution necessary. But I do, like you, wonder if they'll just outright ban people from coming. They may yeah, even encourage I'd... people not to come. But I do wonder if they'll literally just lock the doors and not let people in. Not a chance. I I don't believe that. I, I think that at least if the NBA and the NCAA are smart, they wouldn't, just for the sheer fact that, you have to trust your fans. If you're not feeling good, stay home. But when you get to the Olympics, that I think is a whole nother situation you have to tackle because you're not, you know, you don't have people from, you know, Minnesota plays Milwaukee. You know, you don't have, you know, people from, you know, the same country essentially playing each other. You have, you know, somebody from, Turkey is playing a Thai Thailand team, you know, and in in Turkey it's kind of in that region that's, you know, starting to get hit pretty hard. Do you like how do you there's just a lot of national world people coming together in one place that that becomes a different beast. But and I mean we're really not that far away <clears throat> from the Summer Olympics. I mean, when you think about it, all the planning that goes into those multiple weeks, right? I mean, at some point, relatively soon, they'll probably have to make a call on that. So you're right. I mean, that's a different animal. But domestically, yeah, I hope we're not to the point of people just not being able to live their normal lives. And hopefully people can can make up their own minds on, okay, I'm not feeling well. Yeah, I'm not going to attend yeah. that event. Take us inside all the NBA locker rooms you played for and in the teams. I mean, you're right. I mean, one guy gets sick and it seems like it's, it's, darn it's a little near inevitable a that at least one other guy, if not two, three, four are also going to get sick just because, I mean, you're banging bodies on the practice court, <laughs> you know, you're, you're flying on the plane. You're yeah. Tight you're quarters. People. Like you're getting dressed right next to somebody else. You know, I mean, it's, a vast bathroom, right? But and you have your own kind of individual stalls for for showering, but it's all kind of the same general area. Like it's, it is. It's a petri dish, right? A locker room, maybe more so than almost anywhere else. Yeah, uh, you know, you you have. I mean, the season is long. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have sickness. You know, one guy gets the flu, or one guy, you know, gets a cold or whatever. You're bound to get it. I mean, your bodies at that point in time, you know, at this point in time in the season are so beat up because you've already flown 75,000 miles. You've stayed in a hotel for 67 nights. You know, you've been to 29 different cities and your body is just, you're wore out. You're tired. You're like, all right, you know, if I could sit on a couch for two weeks, I'd feel great but I can't do that, you know? So it's the same thing it goes back to, like just be smart and use simple hygiene. Wash your hands or don't cough in your hand and then just like put your hand in somebody else's face. It just, 
Some it of the simplest simple, things. But it is amazing. Like, they had to remind <clears> us here at Hubbard Broadcasting, after you go to the bathroom, wash your hands. And I'm thinking, like, who doesn't do that or know that? It's disgusting. Like, why Why Correct, are you? <laughs> clearly, they have reason to believe that not everybody does that. Because not a, how many times have you been and in you're the right, bathroom? Not everybody does that. And you see the guy, whether he goes one or two, walks out of the, walks out of the, the, uh, the bathroom or You're he right. goes yeah. in there and it's Absolutely. like, splash the hands and then walks out. Yeah. By the way, did you think we'd be talking about one and two here on, <laughs> on the podcast today? But that's what the world has come to. You played for a handful of months in China. Yeah. What was that like from a, from a health <laughs> standpoint? You know, it's just, uh, I had the pleasure of going to three different hospitals. I think it was. I usually, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like clockwork right around Thanksgiving. I usually get like a cold of some sort. And for years, ever since probably high school before that, it would always be right around Thanksgiving. I would get some sort of a cold and I'd be up for a day and then it'd be good. So when I went over there, I'm like, oh boy, you know, I got to talk to my doctor because one, the last thing that I'm going to do is Every time we travel anyways, if for an extended period of time, we'll bring like, you know, not a medical kit, but a little thing like, you know, I have an extra, I have a pack or, you know, I have some Dremamine or Advil, Tylenol, like just some simple things, you know, in case, because if you're in another country, I, I don't know how their healthcare system works. I don't really know how, you know, everything works other than me just like walking in and hoping that. It works out, and I I picked the right doctor or the hospital or whatnot. Um, so I got sick. I woke up in the middle of the night. My throat was like razors, and I was like, "Oh boy, like this is not fun." <laughs> so I I text coach, and I was like, "Hey, I'm not going to come to practice today. I feel like crap." Ended up lasting like four days. I went to the hospital, hmm. and. They told you to go to the hospital, or you on your own accord decided, okay, I need to go to the hospital. The the team did. Because I got to a point where I I told them, I'm like, I can't play tonight. I can barely swallow without my throat hurting. You think I'm going to run up and down the court and do the, you know, I'm not going to have it. No, I'm not doing that. So then the team was like, all right, you know, the trainer's going to pick you up and bring you to the hospital and. So I get to the, this is, I got to tell this whole story because it is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I have my translator mm-hmm. and we have a driver mm-hmm. and my wife is in town. Okay. And yeah, so the trainer comes and picks you up, but the trainer doesn't speak English. Does not speak any English. Well, yeah, you've he, got the translator, or maybe a little, a little bit, little but English. not enough. Yeah. yeah. So we get in the car and we hop on the, on the road and we're like quarter mile down the road from uh, our apartment. And I was like, oh, like. Damn, we got to turn around. I forgot my passport. And he goes, no, 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 it's fine. In China, you know, you could be me. And he has, like, his ID card. (laughs) So we show up to this hospital, and it is just like, it's like walking down a back alley of New New York City. Not necessarily the most, like, new, lavish looking building. Mm -hmm. So... All this craziness is happening. I can't talk to nobody. They're like, okay, well, you have to, 
You have to get your blood tested. I'm like, well, I don't know why the hell I need my blood tested, but okay, like, sure. I mean, they already know everything about me here anyway, so why the hell don't they know my genome, you know? And ended up, and, it, and it's crazy. It's like a glass, it's not what you think of here. It, it was just like a long table with a chair or two and then a glass and then you put your arm under the table, and then they take it, they take uh, your blood. And this random guy was standing next next to me, looking at what I was doing. <laughs> so then we go into the doctor. The doctor's talking to the to the translator, and I have no idea what's going on. I, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Yeah, if, I mean, how would you? I don't know if they're saying all sorts of things about me or not. So, ended up they wanted me to get an IV. I was like, okay, like, sure, I could get an IV. I still, here I am in China. I don't really necessarily feel like this is the most cleanly place, but here we go. So they were like, all right, well, we want you to get eight hours of IV. And I'm like, what? I'm like, absolutely not. It is two o'clock in the afternoon. I am not getting eight hours of IV. <laughs> so, so I go and I sit in this room and it's like beds. Think of like, a war-torn country with beds just sprawled in this room and then benches of the DMV and there's bags hanging and, you know, they had me sit there and I'm just like, like, I gotta get out. I'm gonna get more sick being in this place than I would be in my apartment. So what's your wife thinking through all this? She was not happy. (laughs) I mean, this was again for... (laughs) Your throat, essentially? It felt like you had, like, razors in, yeah, in your throat? Yeah, I, I thought, so, uh, the thing was, you know, I'm allergic to penicillin. Work at least a little bit? Uh, no. But being allergic to, like, penicillin, mm. I thought, like, My okay. My allergic, too, so I can relate. Yeah. Like, this is one thing that they would potentially treat with penicillin. Absolutely. And how do I explain that to people that don't speak my my language, that don't really understand? You know, because if, if they give me penicillin, I'm going to be far worse off than what I am already. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I, like, do I go home? Do I just figure this out? The team's mad at me for missing the game. Now they're trying to tell me that I need to do this and need to do that. And I don't really feel comfortable doing it. So long story short, ended up getting better. Thankfully, but it just was not like a great place to get sick. No, and I mean, you need to put a lot of trust into the translator because presumably you're telling the translator, I'm allergic to penicillin. And <laughs> Who doesn't understand that? that? He is relaying that <laughs> properly to the doctor, right? Like, but you don't know because you don't know that language. I had so no there's idea. all sorts of trust in that translator. It just, it had to be as good as the money was, even though you're still still, still fighting for it. You're still fighting for some of that money. It just had to be this uneasy feeling, which just isn't any fun. No, it's not. And especially when you get somebody that kind of like pushes you. Can you imagine, you know, your employer saying, hey, you know, we really want you to do this. We want you to do this. And you're kind of sitting back like, well... I really don't really, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But 
I kind of have to in a sense. I'm going to maybe try to figure out an easier way that we can do this. Maybe not the whole thing, but maybe do it a little bit. And Well, I mean, I'll give you a very specific example in the TV business because I see this all the time. Small town reporter, man or woman, in the middle of a blizzard or a hurricane, <laughs> whatever weather disaster you can think of, is standing right in the middle of it. And I'm thinking... There's a different way to tell the story. We get it. It's horrible outside. We, we don't, don't need that reporter standing there, but <laughs> oh. guess what? Those reporters feel like this I gotta is my do chance, this. right? Yeah. I put this on my resume tape. This is how I get to Chicago or you name the big market, right? Or yeah. even in a big market, this is how I maintain my position because there's always that feeling. You can relate as a basketball player mm-hmm. when they draft a player that's your position, right? Or sign a player. This guy's about to try and take my job. I so gotta make sure. The bosses that I... tell me you need to be out in the middle of that blizzard. You're probably gonna be out in that blizzard. Yeah, so it's hard to say no. <laughs> Thankfully, in our building, it's not like that. But you hear those stories. I just saw a story a few weeks ago from I can't remember if it was Fargo or Bismarck, somewhere in North Dakota, where the reporters standing there should not have been. Like right it's off dangerous. the side, you know, dangerous of out the wide side open of the highway. highway. <laughs> yeah, and here comes a car buzzing by. Like if that car, it was close. I'm yeah, thinking you didn't need to be standing there. Can you know? we just can we just be smarter? Can we, you know? Well, I mean, that goes back to the to the root of you know where we started this conversation about the coronavirus and just using common sense, right? And hopefully, common sense. Wins out. I just don't know, Cole, if I have a whole lot of faith in humanity as a whole when it comes to common sense. Yeah, which is so unfortunate because you know, just just wash your hands. I know. Just like how simple is it? Okay, not, not to be like and cover your mouth drastic, when you're but like you, cover your nose when you're sneezing. Yeah, I mean, you all just that pooped stuff. and you just wiped your butt. Like that's gross. Wash your hands. Correct. All right, let's get to the Kansas Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. All right, your alma We're mater, starting to roll. your school. I mean, it doesn't matter what takes place this week in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> how I pictured it. You ever seen the movie Full Metal Jacket? A uh, long like, time ago, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would just be like, you know, think about, you know, the Army, the Navy, just, you know, bed after bed <laughs> or uh, a hostel. Yeah. I mean, that looks like the room I stayed in when I was 21 years old in New Orleans for the... For the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah. All the hotel rooms were booked. We wanted to go. You know, we're dumb, right? Like we're twenty one and it's Mardi Gras. And so we had this opportunity to get to New Orleans. We're like, let's go without really thinking, yeah, we really don't have a place to stay. And yeah, we end up in a in a youth hostel. That's exactly what yeah. When when you said it, that's pretty much what I envisioned. But that's fantastic that you have the photo. All right, on the Kansas Jayhawks. I don't think it really matters what they do this week in the Big Twelve tournament. They are going to be a one seed when the brackets come out on, I guess it would be Sunday. I mean, we're six yeah, days Sunday. away from, from the brackets being unveiled. I guess the question is if they if they fall like in the Big 12 tournament semifinals, maybe they're not the number one overall seed. But their body of work certainly suggests right now as we talk, they are the number one overall seed. They are the favorite to win yet another national championship. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, you take back, I think it was just last year was when the streak was broken for 15 straight Big 12 titles, I think it was. And it was kind of one of those things that, like, 
you're like, oh, you know what? Like, there's some good teams. There's some really, really good teams I mean, in Texas the Big Tech 12. Texas Tech was a great team last yeah. year. And you look at Tech, and, you know, they kind of finished in the middle of the pack. You got Texas, who finished third. You have Baylor, who I mean, Baylor, yeah. was rolling I don't know if you know Jared through. Nunes, but Jared, local guy, former Hopkins High School star, yeah. he's an assistant down there. I mean, he's got that thing rolling with Coach Drew and those guys. Yeah. He's I a mean, Minnesota kid. Freddie Gillespie's an Eastridge kid. Great story. Ends up at Carleton out of high school. He goes from <laughs> D3 eventually to – he's a starter. I mean, he's – He's an NBA prospect. On a, on a top five team in the country. He might be a second-round pick in June. I mean, he'll make money playing, but think about it. Coming out of Eastridge High School, I don't think anybody thought Freddie Gillespie is going to make money one day playing basketball. Lo and behold, I mean, he's a starter on that really good Baylor team. Which is crazy. I mean, I, I think that hopefully those two teams meet on Saturday in, in, the, or in, in, the, in the championship game. Correct. Because, you know, why not? Like, you know. What a great way to, you know, kind of springboard your way into the tournament because you're going to have times that you go through the tournament that you're just going to have to win an ugly game. And it may just be like 50 to 54. And you're just going to have to, you know, you're not going to have this high score and you're going to play a team that plays a whole different style. They may be from Virginia. Yeah. You may play Virginia, right? They want to muck it up. Yeah. Or Wisconsin. Or, you know, back in my day when we played Missouri, they want to foul you 600 times knowing that the ref is going to call it 40. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, just, that's just what they play. I mean, you have those teams that, that like, aren't maybe on the radar that, like VCU a handful of years ago, that made it to the Final Four because – you know, you get a team that gets hot. Oh, I mean, it it's takes. going to happen, especially, I think, this year. I mean, there are so many teams. That really, there's not much separation. I mean, we're making a case, <clears throat> or at least I'm laying out for you, being the Kansas alum, that Kansas is the number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. But there's no way I'd put a lot of money on Kansas winning at all. I mean, I don't have confidence in any of these teams, frankly. Yeah. Now, is Kansas capable of winning six in a row? Of course. There's probably eight, nine, ten teams, really, that, that are capable of winning six in a row. But think about how many teams are capable of winning four in a row to get to the Final Four. Yeah, two weekends. 35 teams, maybe? <clears throat> really not an exaggeration. Yeah. I bet it's somewhere in that vicinity, 20 to 30 to 35. Like, there's a lot of teams capable of winning four in a row. Where do you stand on on the idea of rest? Like, it's possible that Kansas will have to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then play maybe, who knows, the 11 a.m. game on the following Thursday in the round of, I guess, yeah. would that be the round of 68, and there's travel in the middle <clears> there. Like, I've seen teams go on great NCAA tournament runs that lost, like, in the semifinals of their conference tournament, and I've always thought, you know what? Those extra couple days of rest might be a big deal. Like, really, big picture. Is it that big of a deal if you win? Especially if you know you're guaranteed a spot in the NCAA tournament. Like the Gophers. Yeah. The Gophers would have to win five in a row. They're playing on Weakling Wednesday against Northwestern. They'd have to win Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They'd have to win the Big Ten tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. So and they climb have, Mount Everest at the same they time. They have the incentive. But if you're a team like Kansas, maybe you would take the extra rest. Lose on Friday, don't play Saturday. Or, you know, they're lucky where the conference championship game is on Saturday. Some teams have their conference championship game. Like the Big Ten. 
Sunday mid-afternoon, I'm just saying it's possible that it could be a really quick turnaround. You could be playing Sunday afternoon in Indianapolis. You know, you head back to campus that night. You know, Monday is kind of a throwaway day after you played multiple days in a row. You know, some video work, what have you. But you might be on an airplane Wednesday morning or afternoon and play Thursday at 11 a.m. or 1.40. I just think it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. Well, let me speak from experience on that because my sophomore year, we ended up losing. We won the conference and ended up losing to Baylor. Uh, We had to buy, so it was our first round. And we probably were more tired just for the fact that we had lost because, you know, Coach Tuff was pissed, not happy with us. So we ended up having, (laughs) you know, not just a leisurely two days. This was like, all right, you know, you guys just kind of pissed away this chance to win a a conference tournament title too and then get into the – get into uh into the tournament so you know i i think the professional level they would you know they think about it a lot more but when you're in the college level i don't think that that mindset has kind of infiltrated the system and i suppose guys are used to playing right from aau they're used to playing multiple days in a row look what kemba waka did with uconn yeah, I mean, they, when they went on the big, big uh, East tournament run, I mean, they they played what was that? It was Syracuse, I think they played, and they played like a five or six overtime game, the Johnny Flynn game, and it was absolutely absurd. And then it was like twelve hours later, we got to play another game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's really like, not an exaggeration. Like it was like, a quick turnaround, like through yeah, third for the overtime first tournament game. Yeah. After the third overtime, so you're right. we're there are examples both ways of yeah, sure it benefits the team if they lose in the conference tournament semifinals, or it benefits the team from winning the conference tournament. You know, momentum then exists, and you carry it right through. And it's really only two games, and you might play on Friday, not Thursday, mm-hmm. and you have the day in between. And if you're a higher seed, you are favored to win that first game, so you've got an opportunity to get adjusted to that city you're in. You're going to be a later game, game, probably. Then it's the round of 32. Find a way to get through that. Then you've got a few days until the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, The tournament is hard. Uh, You know, going through it, you have to just take each weekend as they come. Because, you know, when I was there, the two or the three years, we were a number one seed. You know, my junior year we were the number one overall seed and we ended up losing that first weekend that's right round of 32 you know in iowa yeah you know you get you get a team that gets hot and like a one-point game or a two-point game did they hit a buzzer beater no they hit so it was kind of a i don't remember what the score was i think we lost by a handful but one play in particular kind of broken play they had numbers it was i think a a two-on-one or a three-on-two guy pulls up from 35 you know and on our side we're like (laughs) great what a great shot you know you're not getting to the rim or you're not doing you know we're going to rebound this and go to the other end well he ends up hitting it one shining moment right yeah why is his name escaping me you would think I'd remember. Manesh. That's it. Yeah. 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 Easy name to remember. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was his one shining moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, 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 it was, happens. It, it was, yeah. And 
mean, I guess that's the beauty of the tournament, right? The the one and done scenario. I mean, I'm just we're going to see a ton of upsets. Oh, you will. I mean, I mean, I think we'll see some 13s win, like maybe multiple, like depending on matchups. It's it's matchup based. Let me look at the brackets, but I would not be shocked if two 13 seeds win, if maybe two or three 12 seeds win in the first round. Think about how many years the tournament has been around. We'll call it 70 years since the 50s that there's only been one time that all four number one seeds have been in a tournament. Mm -hmm. And that was the year we won it. Yeah, good reminder. And you have crazy teams, you know, just that you don't expect finding a way to make it to the final four. George Mason. How are you like George Mason? A small college. On the East Coast, you're like, oh, there's no way. Their, their enrollments, we'll call it 10,000. And now you're, you know, here in, in the Final Four, getting a chance to win it. Yeah, I mean, heck. Like, go back to 08. So you win the national championship as a freshman. <clears throat> you had to be thinking after that, I'm not going to suggest, like, piece of cake, but was there this thought of, Ah, we can repeat. We just did it, <laughs> even though the roster changed pretty good. Like, was there that sense? And what a championship game. Like, what a crazy game. So that was such emotional. a fun game with Chalmers and Derrick Rose and John Calipari on the <clears throat> Memphis side. I mean, just one of those all time. I mean, there's been a bunch of really good championship games going back the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. But certainly that game, that Kansas Memphis game that you were a part of, right up there. I mean, it just, uh, kind of the drama of the game unfolding because I mean they had won I don't know we'll call it 30 straight games at that point in time I I think they might have lost once all season and you know we were a good team they were a great team I thought UCLA we ended up being North Carolina in 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 uh, the final four was a really another really good team but yeah who was on that Carolina team Lost, uh, let's see, Hansborough. I think was Ty, Ty Lawson might have been gone. Another, another really good point guard. Um, yeah, I mean they churn out point guard after point guard. Danny, well, I don't. Maybe Danny, Danny Green, Green was on, on that, that team? team. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina's really got pros every year. Even yeah. though they're down this year, they've got Cole Anthony, who's who knows. I mean, depending on you know where teams slot, he might go as high as. Six, seven. I mean, I think he's a lottery pick. So even yeah. though, and heck, my my Carolina fans, buddies that that follow them religiously, like they're convinced they're about to make a run in the in the ACC tournament. That they're finally healthy. And <laughs> they didn't look great over the weekend at Cameron Indoor, but Duke does that to a lot of teams yeah. at Cameron Indoor. But yeah, my my one buddy in particular, Jay, is actually trying to sell Lindsey Whalen's house right now. My buddy Jay, uh, he's convinced Carolina's going on just an unbelievable run this week. <laughs> But yeah, it just it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? To to steal the cliche, it really is. Like, so how are you going to take the people out fans. of? How are you going to take fans out of the building? I don't know. But you mentioned it; they did it for Division Three. I just I think they're crazy. There's there's I get there's it. far too much money. There's far too much support. Uh, you know, I don't know if a you, lot of people are going all to... the bodies. <clears throat> It takes to put on a telecast. To that of the millions upon millions into the billions that CBS pays for the rights to telecast all these games. 
there's a lot of support staff. So, like, where do you, I'm telling you, where do you cut it off? And I'm not even telling you, I'm asking you. I'm asking in general because I, I don't think I certainly do. don't have the answers. You know, I mean, you just, you wonder about that, you know? Yeah. I, just, I, I, I don't know. I just think that there's just, there's too much on the line to where it is right now. That doesn't mean that, you know, in the next month that it could just grow into this massive ordeal. But I mean, I, I, everything that I've heard is wash your hands. Remember that wash Mm -hmm. your hands. And if you're a healthy person, then, you know, it's going to suck, but you'll be okay. How much do you enjoy trash talking with your buddies? You know, like I think I saw on social media the other day, you have some buddies that played at Baylor. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Epe Udo and uh, Quincy Acey. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> how much do you enjoy when your Jayhawks are on top of the mountain, that you've got ammo, <laughs> that when you talk trash, you can back it up? Honestly, I don't really talk a ton just because it's, you know, like for them. They beat us the first time mm-hmm. in Lawrence, which never happens. They beat us. Really good team against another really good team. And, you know, they started talking crap, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, just just like, just like give it some time. Then they had a game lead in the conference, and it was kind of like, okay, here we go. We got like four games left. You know, something's really going to happen. We're going to play them. So that's going to be a huge determining factor. That game happens. We find a way to sneak a game out there. So now we're tied, and then they lose again. And then, you know, they just lost yesterday or Saturday. And and I was like, oh, okay. I definitely have to talk some crap because the last thing that I need them to do is to have them forget that – they, they were leading the, the yeah, they were they, they were leading the conference for quite a while. Yeah. And they looked like they were going to win it. Uh-huh. And then now, they blew it. <laughs> you got to be careful though because in 3 weeks, who knows, maybe Baylor is in the final four and you don't know, right? Maybe Kansas loses in the Sweet 16 or the round of 32. Yeah. Then imagine the ammo they have to go back at you. <laughs> That's why I asked them, you know, if if anybody saw my tweet, it was do they get a ring for a runner-up in the conference along with the round of 32 ring that they hand out? <laughs> I love it. Let me hit you with two more talking points, then we'll record a segment that I'll air on Score North Live that I'm hosting on, on Tuesday afternoon. One of them is Bill Self. Mm-hmm. You brought up his name. Yeah. Would Bill, A, make a great NBA coach, and B, what makes him such a good college coach? And I guess maybe even C to all that. You get a sense that, you know, with some of the some of the chatter out there, you know, the cheating stuff, right? Like, yeah. did they bend the rules? You know, and I'm still not convinced the NCAA is going to take down a blue blood, but that cloud is it's hovering over the Kansas program. I guess the sense that that motivates Bill, motivates the players, just everybody at the university. Where I mean, how cool would it be on national championship Monday to be hoisting that NCAA <laughs> trophy? Yeah, uh, I think that, you know, he would be a good NBA coach. Uh, look at Brad in uh, in Boston. Boston. Yeah. yeah, he was great at Butler. Brad yeah, Stevens, he yeah. was great. I mean, he he's 
he's really done a, a fantastic job over the last God, he's been there almost ten years now, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But there's the other side of this, like John Beeline failing miserably in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, I think all of it is, in some instances, do your players like you? Are are you relatable? Are you a guy that, you know, you some instances are different because, you know, you, you might get to a team like Cleveland and you know that you're not a good team. You're not gonna win games. And if you're not doing things to kind of like make things more enjoyable, because when you lose games, everybody's frustrated. Coaches, front office, players, everybody is frustrated. And it can get into a blame game a little bit. So if you are a likable coach and you don't lose your players, you know, you you have a better chance of staying around. I don't know what his situation was. I don't know if the guys didn't like him or, you know, I think that in some media accounts, it kind of sounded like he was a little harsh to players with, I think, I think some of the stuff was the thug, calling him a thug or something like that. And then players taking and riding with him, playing trick daddy, I'm a thug. And, you know, like kind of adding fuel to the fire. But But also just long practices. I mean, coaching the Cavs like he was coaching the Michigan Wolverines in many ways. Yeah. And and guys, you know. You can't do that, right, when you've got Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. You might be able players. to do it when you've got Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, these young guys. Mm-hmm. You've got veterans. You're always going to have at least one or two veterans in a locker room. I yep. mean, even the Wolves, you know, have James Johnson, right? I mean, you've got guys that have been around the block. I don't know, you know, I'm sure if John could do it all over again. And I think John's a good coach, and I hear he wants to coach again, and I hope he lands a really good college job. Yep. I hope he wins again in college because I think, I think he's a great coach. I mean, what he did at West Virginia, then at Michigan, I think is really, really impressive. Yeah. I but think... you just you need to know how to handle all those egos and really it comes down to, you know, guys need to like you. Yeah. And respect you, but certainly like you. And and if you get a job, you know, for instance, you're in this and, and you're here and then, you know, it's like, oh, ESPN wants to pay you this much money and you're kinda of like, Wow, like whew, you know, this is this is a great paycheck. I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna give it a my all. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, I still might be able to go back to college and find a good job and continue to do what I like doing. It may not be at Michigan or another huge school, but you're still going to have you still have a good enough name where you can find a decent job. Yeah, he is 67. But, yeah, I think that's also why he wanted to try it, right? Like, it was now or never. I mean, his name mm-hmm. has come up for multiple years. Like, he could have gone to the NBA two or three years ago. There were teams willing to hire him. He's always run pro sets. You know, it's a pro-style offense where I know GMs have, have had him on, on their radar. You know, so he could have gone. And I think at 67 years old, he finally said, it's now or never. Let me give this a try. Yep. Yeah, it's super unfortunate that 55 or whatever it is games in. You know, then you look at, I don't know if you know J.B. Bickerstaff well, but, yeah. you know, with the Gopher Ties, I went to college with J.B.'s, a buddy. Oh, yeah. All the Cavs do now is win under J.B., that's, Look, what, he used, that's what, what Houston like did. That's what Memphis one, did. <laughs> He's got them playing at a at a high level. I'm surprised that he hasn't size. gotten that that head coach gig because you know he's had multiple times where guys, you know, 
the head coach, and he's uh, he's the associate head. He takes over, and he's done really good things. He has. I thought maybe Memphis was premature, although Memphis brings in a different coach whose name is escaping me, but Memphis looks like they may wrap up the eight seed. You know, so I guess yeah. Memphis knew what they were doing, but I just don't know if JB got enough time in Memphis. And, yeah, I mean, in Houston, he was the interim head coach after Kevin McHale got let go. Thankfully, Cleveland said, you know what? You're not the interim. We're just we're making you the head coach. Now, who knows how long that lasts, right? I mean, the shelf life for a lot of these coaches isn't very long. But, yeah, hopefully JB can be the coach of the Cavs for at least, you know, a few years, if not yeah. longer than that. All right, last talking point. I am recording with Gorgie Jang later today. <laughs> Oh boy! The next podcast. How about a Gorgie story or two that I can <laughs> that I can relate to him? Something that you can tell, you know, on you know the radio slash podcast. Oh, he's man. coming back to town. He's hosting his his big gala. Oh, on, for matter? Yeah, for for his foundation mm-hmm. on on April eighth. I don't know if if you'll be there or not on you on know April eighth. Uh, you, uh, you tell him I haven't gotten an in invite yet. Yeah, well, I'm I sure might not be in. Uh, I don't know if I'm in town. I don't but, know, but I'm sure he'll touch base with you at some point. But yeah, so he's down in Memphis now. Speaking of the Memphis Grizzlies, he's down there. Tyus is down there. But yeah. how about a how about a good Gorgie story I can relay to him? <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think of a really good one that is just like PG, and I and I'm struggling to find one right now. But I will tell you though. Gorgie, the things that he does is 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 awesome. I've heard that, yeah. You know, and he I know as long as he was here, you know, this is this is kind of a home away from home for him in a sense. And and it, you know, I don't know if he plans on coming back here ever at some point in time, but I know the community has just kind of fallen in love with him and you know, all the work that he does. I like it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cole Aldrich, Scoop Podcast episode. 287 on this Monday afternoon, the 9th of March. Wash your hands, people. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.